I think you want to start with what are we trying to achieve as an organization? You know, what are those goals and outcomes that that we've laid out um, and in a lot of cases have really been publicly committed to by leaders in public sector org or agency? What is it that they've really talked about as goals or outcomes over the next few years? I think the other part of this might be alternately to kind of think about what are cha changes or challenges that we anticipate in that same period. Those, those two things in terms of what we want to do and what we need to fend off, I think are, are really going to then um, set kind of a set of expectations and a vision for, for where we want to go. From Tyler Technologies, it's the Tyler Tech Podcast, where we talk about issues facing communities today and highlight the people, places, and technology making a difference. I'm your host, Jeff Harrell, Director of Content Marketing for Tyler Technologies, and I am so glad that you have joined us. The issue we are addressing today is the high cost of fractured technology. This is actually part two of a conversation we started last episode with Mike Teeters. Mike is a manager of corporate development products and has great insight into the components of the government technology stack and the challenges that face communities when the stack just does not stack up. Today, Mike is going to talk about how and who as communities consider moving toward a more complete GovTech stack. Without further ado, here is part two of my conversation with Mike Teeters. Mike, I'm so glad you're back with us. Last time we talked, we talked a lot about the elements of a GovTech stack. And so today I'd like to know, you know, how does a jurisdiction get to a mature, complete GovTech stack? Does it happen all at once or over time? And is there a roadmap for what comes first or a particular order to follow? Yeah, yeah. And and I think certainly extends on what we just talked about and kind of framing out, you know, what is the GovTech stack? Uh, you know, I'm sure hearing all that, is a lot to digest and someone might step back and go, okay, so how do I get there? You know, does that happen all at once? Is this where that roadmap comes into play? Is there a particular order or sequence I would follow? I do think the roadmap analogy, you know, I use blueprint, but I love the roadmap analogy because I think that really plays well. You've got a framework with the GovTech stack, right? You know what the elements are. And if you think in the future, you're really kind of laying out, what's my vision? What is it that my constituents are expecting or that my policymakers have really laid out as a set of expectations, right? And that starts to drive this idea of laying out a roadmap. Nearly every organization is going to have a mix of what I'll call legacy technology and modern solutions, right? They'll have invested in some. So when you think about how each of those fit into the different tech stack components, it should start to kind of suss out this roadmap for you. And it's going to vary by organization. There isn't just a roadmap that anybody would follow. Rather, there is going to be a roadmap for your organization that's going to reflect your policy priorities, the targeted outcomes that your decision makers have laid out. With that roadmap in place, the organization now is in a position to start making investments over time. Not realistic that you're just going to snap your fingers. We had an earlier question that kind of talked about this off the shelf. 
there isn't an off-the-shelf solution, and, and certainly that covers all of those different components. Rather, again, looking at that framework and then thinking of the components that really fit into each part, now we have the ability to start thinking, okay, what are the priorities? Where priorities in terms of where I might be able to make the biggest impact outside challenges or influences that might drive one thing to get prioritized over another? COVID-19 is a great example of this, right? I I guarantee you there wasn't anybody at the beginning of the year was thinking of that as something that was going to drive technology investments or decisions that they made. I think many agencies now recognize that some of the changes that have occurred over the last six months due to COVID, remote working, really the, the rise of different models for service delivery and different models for interactions between public agencies and constituents, those aren't going to just go away, right? If anything now, probably people feel a lot more confident about those models. It might have taken us several years to really see kind of a mass move to those kinds of models, but now it's been pretty quickly proven. I would say then thinking about what might drive how you might make investments, like what would be the order, I'd really consider a couple of factors. One is going to be your technology infrastructure. How does your current technology infrastructure support your goals? And you know, this is where, as we discussed, I think a lot of organizations are going to rethink their service delivery model. They've realized, hey, this new model that allows for different channels of service delivery works well. And so that, for example, might be where they'd say, oh, I'm going to make an investment now in cloud services that really lend themselves to supporting that new service delivery model. That might be a great example where we would accelerate something. So first thing to really assess would be kind of this tech, tech infrastructure that we have. I think the second part, which kind of goes hand in hand in that, is really going to be around security and compliance. So again, this changing service delivery model is now going to put more emphasis on web, remote interactions, technology-dependent tools, and I think that raises concerns that any decision maker needs to be considering when it comes to security, privacy, compliance. That, in my mind, also then drives probably near-term investments in cybersecurity, where solutions there can really play a key role in ensuring that as you make successive investments and you kind of blow out that tech infrastructure, you're going to feel confident that, hey, I'm doing it in a way and I'm doing it in an environment that I feel really confident is going to be low risk in terms of you know network intrusions and security risks and those kinds of things. Love to shift our attention a little bit to who. So in local government, who owns this approach? Who owns kind of driving this roadmap? Yeah, I, I think there's collective ownership in the sense that um, there's a bunch of different stakeholders that play a role here between elected leaders, the CIO, or the folks that really are kind of the tech leadership and providing a vision for that, professional staff that are really responsible for kind of executing these business processes. Having said that, I think the CIO role in an organization, whatever you might call that in your agency, really plays a key role in kind of championing this approach and championing the roadmap. That's the person that most people are going to look to in terms of how do I take sort of the service delivery vision, if you will, and then realize that through technology investments. And I think the CIO can really be the person that drives that alignment between 
vision and the technology components really then provides, I think, a very clear path in terms of, hey, in order to realize these policy goals or targeted outcomes, here are the different components that we have today that allow for that, or here are the investments that we can make in order to make those things a reality. Professional staff clearly is going to play a role in helping to kind of flesh that out in terms of providing color, if you will, to the roadmap, making recommendations or offering alternatives. And then of course, those folks are also going to be the ones that are really implementing the new tech, right? And kind of taking overall ownership once the investment's been made. So it's kind of a continuum there, but I definitely see, you know, the CIO or that tech leader in the organization is, is being critical to, to really kind of championing this approach and the roadmap itself. I'll be back with my conversation with Mike Teeters in just a moment. Do you want the latest in public sector insights dropped straight into your inbox? Well, you can sign up for our monthly email at our resource center. Just go to tylertech.com and click on resources at the top of the page. You can sign up for our monthly recap from any of the content pieces you find there. I think you'll find the monthly recap email very helpful. Now, back to my conversation with Mike Teeters. So Mike, any guidance that you can give these leaders as they try to get buy-in for this GovTech stack approach? I have a few recommendations that come to mind. First, I would start with your organization and agency goals. And I, I hope as we've gone through the discussion today, that's kind of been a theme. I think you want to start with what are we trying to achieve as an organization? You know, what are those goals and outcomes that that we've laid out um, and in a lot of cases have really been publicly committed to by leaders in public sector org or agency, what is it that they've really talked about as goals or outcomes over the next few years? I think the other part of this might be alternately to kind of think about what are cha changes or challenges that we anticipate in that same period? Those, those two things in terms of what we want to do and what we need to fend off I think are, are really going to then um, set kind of a set of expectations and a vision for, for where we want to go, right? So those goals, which have been sent by, you know, often are set by, you know, elected officials or leaders in the organization. That's step one as a starting point. Step two would be assessing kind of your current technology. We, we, we touched on this earlier, but really having an understanding, how does my current technology support realizing those goals? Can we achieve what we want to do with the tech that we have in place? In some instances, the answer is going to be yes. There could be process changes that we can make. It could be there's resourcing shifts that we can make. In a lot of instances, what we're looking at here are really going to be where this GovTech stack approach, I think, can play very well because it provides a way for us then to say, okay, where we've got gaps, how do we effectively invest in order to fill those gaps? And how do we organize these solutions and align them to agency goals? And that's where I think it can be a really, really effective tool and identifying, oh, we have a gap here, or there are some limitations with our legacy investments that would drive us to say, hey, we should really be thinking about uh, a solution that can kind of fill in a gap in a particular spot in the framework. And then I think the third piece about this, and, and you asked a little bit about, you know, how, how do I explain and get buy-in? I think explaining things, if you think about those first two steps, a lot of that will resonate with leadership, but the, probably how I start to get buy-in 
is very much in the show me results model, right? And that's where I think if you can identify high value, low risk opportunities to start, find opportunities where you can do a pilot or otherwise demonstrate a technology solution in a way that is going to drive process change or organizational change, where you can, can very much show decision makers Here's the value of making this investment, right? You can see how it, it was able to kind of move the needle in terms of achieving a goal. It can also solidify questions that people have around the ROI of an investment. And that's really a model out of the playbook that we, you know, we see in private sector where we're we're going to make a small step forward, but that small step can often be very um, demonstrative in terms of what the longer term impact can be. And I think that same model can work really well in government, you know, in public sector. So I'd say those three things, really starting with your organization and agency goals, looking at your current tech picture. Again, the GovTech stack framework, I think provides a great way to kind of establish what that is and then align it to those organizational goals. And then once you've done that and you've identified where you want to start to prioritize investments, Let's do that in a way that is, you know, very methodical, high value, low risk opportunities where we can pilot things. Well, Mike, you've given us a lot of great information about GovTech Stack. If people wanted to go a little bit deeper, are there any resources that you can recommend? Yeah, I'd say there's a, a few things that people might think about. First of all, you know, Tyler Technologies, we have a number of white papers that expand on a lot of the points that I made today that, that I think can provide another additional level of depth. And there's some really nice examples and use cases with our clients that really show how some of these solutions have really helped move the needle for them, right, when it comes to, you know, either service delivery goals, outcomes, or in some cases, you know, challenges that, that, that they were having. So I think that's probably a first great step. You can really familiarize yourself and, and get better read, if you will, on the topic. So that's step one. I think step two is also, um, and I'll be a little Tyler-centric, is we've got client success folks in our various um, divisions and there are great examples where, where those folks can certainly help to provide a clearer picture how, for example, a current investment in a Tyler solution can then be built on and frame that in, in the terms of um, the GovTech stack. And so, you know, whether that's the example I provided earlier, the new business owner, you know, in community development, or in an example, I provided some examples around virtual court, you know, the judicial system. Another great example where we've got a very strong client success organization. And even more recently, you think about some of the broader strategies that, that we're using at Tyler, what we call Nexus, which is really around our enterprise solutions. You know, we have some dedicated individuals that, that focus on client success and can obviously be a great conduit to, to dig into this some more and maybe get a clearer picture how it might fit into your particular organization. I think the third piece here, which is probably not GovTech stack specific um, with our framework, but I still think is extremely valuable. And I touched on this, you know, towards the opening of the podcast is really leveraging your peers. And I think a lot of our clients and certainly a lot of public sector organizations and agencies are old hats at this, but there's a lot of value in talking to your peers, whether that's 
other agencies or municipalities that are within, say, your regional area or through industry groups. You know, so for example, municipality might look at NACO or ICMA, which are the city and county organizations, respectively, provides a great, again, a great pathway for them to really understand more about how different organizations are kind of leveraging technology to, to solve different solutions. And I think you can then take that and relate it back to, again, the GovTech stack framework that we've offered up as, you know, one approach to, to how you might structure your thinking moving forward. So those are just a few that I, I would say right off the top of my head. We're certainly excited about this, as you know, Jeff. So uh, I think you could get a number of people at Tyler that would be happy to sit down, right, and, and dig in with you as well. Well, Mike, this has been fantastic. If people wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I'd say the easiest way is through my email address, Tyler. It's just Mike, M-I-K-E, period, Teeters, T-E-E-T-E-R-S, at tylertech.com. I'd certainly love to talk more, and I'm happy to answer any questions that people have. Look forward to uh, seeing them as they come in. Mike, thanks so much. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on, Jeff. Well, Mike is a wealth of information and knowledge. I hope you enjoy the conversation and found it valuable. Well, thanks so much for joining me and listening to the podcast. We have episodes dropping every other Monday and lots of great information is headed your way. So please subscribe. And until next time, this is Jeff Harrell, Director of Content Marketing for Tyler Technologies. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah.